Welcome to the Beyond Stuck podcast with Coletta Jones-Patterson, where we feature guests who have overcome the odds and have gotten unstuck. In their words, they share with us practical insight and tips on how to go beyond stuck and enjoy life. On today's episode, our guest is Antonio Patterson. Antonio is a sought-after educator, motivational speaker, consultant, minister, and medical professional who is passionate about helping others achieve success. Through his diverse experiences working with students in the Mississippi Delta, a Choctaw Indian reservation, and at a Christian boarding school, he is trained to develop the potential within each student. Antonio is also the founding pastor of Kingdom Life Church, where he pastored in Kosciuszko, Mississippi for nine years. Kingdom Life Church hosted several community outreaches over the years, which grew to impact hundreds of families, especially low-income or underserved families. Antonio's the founder and CEO of The Exodus Project, a teen mentoring nonprofit in central Mississippi, which has assisted over 100 youth in graduating from high school and enrolling in college from 2006 to 2017. The program had less than 5% teen pregnancy rate and less than a 5% high school dropout rate. In 2015, upon returning to Northwest Arkansas, he began pouring his energy into returning to school and pursuing his dream to help others achieve better health. After working briefly with the Bentonville schools as a science teacher, he completed a Master in Biomedical Science degree from the University of Mississippi Medical College and a second Master's in Biomedical Science and Research from New York Institute of Technology. He is also a certified medical assistant and licensed radiologic technologist. Antonio received a Bachelor of Science degree in Biology from Tougaloo College. He also co-authored the five-week marriage tune-up. With his 20-plus years of experience in education, ministry, and medicine, he brings powerful truths and motivational guidance, assisting individuals of all ages in finding their destiny. He is a firm believer that it is never too late to achieve your dreams and that anyone can reinvent themselves. Please join me in welcoming to today's podcast, Antonio Patterson. Welcome to the podcast, Tony. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, I have to give a little backstory before we jump in. So, of course, um, Antonio Patterson, you'll probably hear me refer to him as Tony, um, is my husband. And he's actually the first male guest that I have interviewed for the podcast. I wanted to save that honor for him um, over the last 18 months since the podcast has started. I've only interviewed females. So this is a little different. And then not only a male, but my husband at that. So um, shout out. And then I also wanted to give people a little backstory on um, who we are and, you know, how long we've been together and all of that. So we met in college at Tougaloo College in Jackson, Mississippi, way back in 1998. Um, Dated for a couple of years and then got married in 2000. So we're coming up on our 22nd wedding anniversary Um, So we've been together a long time. We have lots of history together. I'm sure we both have several stuck stories that we can share. Um, A lot that we have navigated together. Um, But through it all, it's been great. And we're still here. We still love each other. Um, I think we're still happily married, right? We are. 
<laughs> so um, shout out to all the happily married couples out there. But um, I am excited to hear your story. Um, I know a lot of it, but um, I'm excited to hear. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you know all of it. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear what you'll share with the listeners. But I know they are in for a treat today as you share a little bit about um, your stuck story and where you are now. Um, so with that, we're going to jump right in. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, let's do it. All right. So first of all, let's think about this notion of stuck and what that means to you. So how would you define the word stuck? So for me, stuck means that, you know, you're in a, a place or position where you're giving your maximum effort, but you're seeing minimal to no movement or growth in terms of results, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the sense, it's, it's kind of like um, the old saying, spinning your wheels. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of how I see it. Okay. Yeah, I really like that definition because I think we can all identify with seasons in our lives where we felt like we were doing everything we knew to do. We were doing everything right. We were given maximum effort, but it just still didn't seem to get us to where we really want it to be. Right. Um, get minimal results. So, yeah. So thinking about that definition, how did that play out in your life or in your stuck story? And what ways did you find yourself being stuck? So for me, um, of course, you, you know, me and, you know, my Mm -hmm. personality, my, my, um, I guess my tendencies. So for the the listeners, I'm very much uh, ADHD. Mm-hmm. And um, I get bored easily with things. You know, I like to move from one thing to the next. And so um, oddly enough, because I'm, you know, a call to ministry, I found myself actually stuck in the pulpit. Hmm. And that was, you know, I guess I had submitted myself to the traditional definition of ministry and pastoring that it it looks this way and this is how it goes. and for me, I knew it was more than that for me, and I knew that I had then just that, not to belittle ministry or pastoring. I just knew that for my personality and who God knows I am, I couldn't just do that, and so I was stuck. I was giving maximum effort, but I wasn't, you know, seeing the movement or results. Yeah, and looking back, you know, I can. I can see that. Um, cause like I said, we've been together a long time and we both did ministry together and saw a lot of things, helped a lot of people, did a lot of good work, given maximum effort for sure. And it was very rewarding. We saw lots of results, but knowing your personality and who God created you to be, I can definitely see that there was more. And um, I think we both got to a point where it was like, there's got to be more to life than this. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so, so I think, you know, you, you can get stuck in a rut um, because of your own thinking. So you can, you know, you have you see other people's experiences. And even though you're called to do a similar thing, you're not called to do it exactly like them. And so I think for me, maybe it was my own fault because I kind of patterned myself after what I thought ministry should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I knew that it wasn't that I didn't call it out of myself, I just I allowed myself to stay there. So I am called to preach. I am called the pastor, but my platform extends beyond the pulpit. So mm-hmm. the conventional wisdom is, you know, if you're called to ministry, then you should 
study theology and that should be the center of who you are. And for some people, that's okay, but that just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And you actually went down that path for a little bit and I think took some theology classes. Some, um, I did. Biblical I did. studies and was like, okay, kind of check that off, but there's still something else. Right. So what did it feel like to do this thing we call ministry, you know, year after year, because we did it for several year, years, and, and I'd yeah. say we're still doing it, but in a different way, yeah. but what did it feel like to get up every day, knowing that you're giving this maximum effort, you're preaching, you're teaching, uh, we're doing Bible studies, we're doing lots of uh, marital counseling, just uh, all the things that go into kind of traditional ministry community outreaches at the church, um, but knowing that, yeah, something's not quite right or not doing it for me anymore like what did that feel like and how long were you kind of in that season so for me um and i'm going to try to make this make sense it was an external gratification but not internal mm-hmm. and I, I i don't even know if those are the right terms because as you said you know you do have some internal gratification also when you're helping people and you're seeing results in other people's lives and you know that your life and your work is making a difference in the lives of others. So there's some gratification there, but it's kind of like there was never a pinnacle, if that makes sense, because it was always, it it wasn't self. And I don't want to sound selfish, but it, it seemed like I was helping everybody else around me grow, but I wasn't growing. Mm. And so the more I did, Um, the more I helped, it seemed to other people like I was growing because I was doing more, Mm -hmm. but I was the same me. I was that same person for however many years that was. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Cause again, maximum effort, you're caught up doing really good things, helping other people, seeing their results, you know, cheering them on. But then it's like, yeah, (laughs) but what about me? Um, And not in a selfish sense, but just feeling like I know there's something more. Right. So what was the breaking point or the moment in which you realized I have to do something different? I really am stuck in this pulpit, as you called it. um, And how do I get unstuck? So what did that look like for you, that breaking moment? So for me, it was. um, Wow. I guess I was um, I was associate pastor at a church and we were in Bentonville at the time. And, you know, this is before even our ministry started. So that that lets you know, excuse me, how stuck I was. So this was way Mm -hmm. back in 2006. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I was at a church or we were at a church and the uh, pastor was um, he had had a heart attack. And his son supposedly at that time was going to take over the church. But his son started a church in another state. So he came to me like, Tony, you know, um, you my health is not well. And so you're the next man up, so to speak. I'm going to do this for seven more years and I'm going to retire and this is going to be your church. And so he was raising me and grooming me um, to be the pastor of that church. Well, at the same time, um, of course, you know, I had not finished my degree in biology and I I had what I call the itch Mm -hmm. uh, for medicine. And so that, that was up on me. It's like, this, this is the point. You're either going to take on this position and, just do it for life or you're going to face who you really are, what's really inside you and make that turn. And so, of course, um, he told me that I pondered that for about three or six months and Mm -hmm. I decided 
that wasn't where I needed to be. So I told him, I told you, you know, I have to go back. I have to finish what I started. And so that that was really the breaking point. It was just to make that decision that, you know, if you take this position and you start it and then you let go, you're going to let a lot of people down. You're going to let yourself down and you're still going to be stuck where you are. Yeah. And I remember that it was a tough moment, a tough decision, because, um, I mean, you're kind of at a crossroads. It's like, well, I can go here and continue down this traditional ministry path. I mean, here someone's telling me they're going to give me the church, which, you know, right. it's a pretty com- would have been a pretty comfortable living, wouldn't have taken a whole lot of faith because we were kind of already doing it. Right. Lots of relationships with people. And God, exactly. I think, you know, still would have blessed it. But I think it definitely would have been comfortable. But in the inside, there was something else brewing there, as you said, the itch to go back to school and finish your degree and this need or desire, something with medicine. Um, And so, yeah, for having the courage to say, okay, I'm going to turn away what looks good and what's comfortable to really seek or to lean into this other thing that God has birthed on the inside of me is takes a lot of courage and a lot of boldness. And so um, I'm so glad you were able to do that. But yeah, I do remember that moment where like, okay, what's going to happen next? You know, what are people going to think? Right. Um, And as you know, there were many other occasions after that, because, you know, I went into ministry, I went into teaching and I went into other things. uh, Trying, I guess, to avoid the pain of failure like, okay, I'm already stuck and I'm trying to get out. What if I grab this rope and I climb so far and I slip? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was, you know, I, I taught school for several years, um, went, went back into ministry and, you know, I had all these backup plans and, you know, one day you just have to release it all and go full steam ahead into what, you know, your destiny is. Yep. And I remember many conversations of, you know, because, you know, by this time we had gotten used to ministry, like we knew what that looked like. We were doing it. And then it's like, no, I think I really want to go to med school. And I'm like, what? <laughs> we're right. how old? We have yeah. kids. Like we're in at this point. We were probably had moved to Mississippi, um, rural Mississippi at that. And I was like, OK, what is how does medical school fit into this? Like, do you do medical school and still ministry? Like, are we still going to preach? Are we still going to keep the church? So I just remember like all these questions going off in my head, um, trying to wrap my brain around how can I still support this itch that Tony says he has, but like all the life I felt like we knew up till then had kind of been set for us. So, yep, I remember that moment. Um, And so looking back, how did you get unstuck? Like you figured out, okay, I need to lean into um, some other, you know, um, teaching, you know, backing off in ministry or traditional ministry. So what did that look like, though, to kind of start to unravel um, that notion of stuck? Well, for me, the first thing it took was just a mind shift because, you know, it's um, if, if you're stuck in the mud and all you know to do is spin your wheels, then that's all you're going to do. You know, you you have to have a, a mental shift into there has to be another way. There has to be another thing. And so uh, uh, kind of going back to what you said, you know, um, we're there. And it, it hit me differently, you know, mm-hmm. to get unstuck because as a man and a leader and a provider, I'm thinking the same thing. You know, you're thinking, well, how can I support Tony in this? But I'm thinking, how am I going to support my family, mm-hmm. you know, 
we're already, you know, financially, we're we're in a bad place because we're in rural <laughs> Mississippi. You know, we have a very small church. We have three small children. And, um, you know, it, it just seemed at that point that it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that um, I, I guess that's the psychological side of being stuck yeah. because you really you know, there's a way out, but you don't see it. And so um, I just I just had to take a, a, a radical move. And, and, you know, I shut everything down. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I remember praying this prayer. Um, you know, we were in ministry and actually at towards the end, things were looking up. Mm-hmm. You know, we were um, moving to a different building, but we were rebranding the church and everything. And uh, things were looking up. And I remember praying. I said, Lord, you know, what would my life have looked like? If I had pursued, you know, the things I really wanted to do in life. And I remember getting this message so clear from the Lord was like, when did I ever tell you that you couldn't pursue those things? Mm -hmm. It's like the Lord was like, yeah, I called you to ministry, but I never said that you couldn't pursue those other, you know, things that you wanted to do in life. And I mean, it hit me at that point and it wasn't. Wow. Just a, a few weeks later, I was like, you know what? This is not where we're supposed to be. So, you know, I remember I, I told my principal I was teaching at the time, I'm not coming back next year, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. th- at that point in, in my educational career, that was like the, the highest contract that I ever had. It was the most money <laughs> that I was ever making. And I, I told my principal, you know, I'm not coming back next year. Mm-hmm. I told the church. You know, we got about two weeks. I'm not going to be pastoring here anymore. That was just the end of an era. So I just shut it all down in a matter of weeks. Uh, we moved back to Northwest Arkansas. And I was just like, Lord, we're here now. So mm-hmm. we're out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know, you know, for some of the listeners, that, that seems pretty radical. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. You just have You just have to break away from what's holding you. Mm-hmm. And then just see what's going to happen. Yeah. And there were so many good things that we were tied to and attached to. And I just remember thinking, what's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen to our, our church members? Um, what's going to happen? We'd also started a mentoring program in um, rural Mississippi and had probably by this time worked with, I'd say, close to 100 kids, maybe more. Yeah, over 100 for sure. And I mean, had literally shown them the world. We traveled with them, took them New York, L.A., Dallas, all across um, the U.S. just to show them something different and to see right. what all is out there. So we had been doing that for years. We had paired them with mentors and brought in guest speakers to talk to them about different career choices and just really had broadened their horizons. And so I'm thinking what's going to happen to those kids? You know, several of them had graduated from high school, gone on to college, but we were a pretty good support network for a lot of them. Some of them were still up and coming in eighth and ninth grade. And so I just remember thinking, Oh, what's going to happen to, you know, our Exodus project students and what's going to happen to the church? What's going to happen to this? What, how are our kids going to react when we pull them out of the environment that they've, you know, known for these last several years or been born into. So you think about all these things as parents and, Making that radical move was like, wow, (laughs) like you said, we're out here now. Did we make the right choice? Um, Right. And I mean, you have the choice to walk in faith or walk in fear. Yep. You know, and and if fear grips you, you're going to be stuck. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think, you know, most people who find themselves stuck, it, it's not the situation they're in, but it's it's the fear of what it's going to take to get out. Yeah. Yeah, taking that first step. And for us, it was, like you said, a pretty radical just, step. Just radical, <laughs> right. And sometimes you have to do that, just totally break, you know, ties. But um, that first step is the most important. Because if you can do that, then God begins to show you, I've got your back. You know, I've got the next step. All you got to do is right. just keep walking. But you have to start walking at some point. Exactly. So, so we find ourselves, we've moved um, back to Northwest Arkansas. We just totally uprooted um, from everything. And so looking back, or how did it look? Was that your moment that you were like, okay, now I'm not stuck anymore? What has happened since that time? Because some years have happened even since then. Um, so what does it look like now? How are you still staying unstuck or um, what is God showing you? Well, so as you know, because you walk this walk with me and you, you see every step of the way, um, I'm, I'm at a point where I am, I guess I have zero fear of, of being my true self and walking what God has called me to be mm-hmm. as you know, the, the person he has called me to be and not just the preacher, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've learned to um, embrace the fact that when people don't understand why you do what you do, that, you know, you're going to have the naysayers and all the negativity. And mm-hmm. if you fall prey to that, you'll end up stuck again. Yeah. So, you know, that that's been the biggest change in me. You know, I, I embrace who I am. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm the I'm the nerd. Uh, I, I even embrace the ADHD. And I know some of the listeners are like, well, no, that's 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 a negative. You know, that's a curse. That's something <laughs> from the enemy. But I see now that. Be, because I've never really focused on one thing, it really put me in a space to not have to be limited to one thing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I just have this childlike fascination with, you know, wanting to learn and grow, you know, um, and, you know, I, I spent two years doing construction mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I, I was almost tempted to go into, you know, building houses because I learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. And the guy that I was working with said I learned it the fastest that he's ever seen in two years. And then I went and I, um, I taught myself how to code because I had to <laughs> substitute for a coding class. Um, I'm in the process right now of learning and, and relearning Spanish so I can, you know, hopefully become fluent. Mm-hmm. I went back to school, um, got a master of biomedical science. Uh, that was back in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to go through all the lists, but, you know, I recently finished my second master's degree in biomedical science with the research emphasis. And I am on my way to medical school. <laughs> medical so, school. Yay. Yeah. Yes. At, yeah. In your forties. And, and, and close to my fifties. <laughs> <laughs> that in Not, itself is like a new journey for you and for us, our family. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you came to that decision and knowing that that was where you were supposed to be. For me, it was um, throwing the dirt off of the grave of something I buried Mm. because I knew it was always there. And I just kind of felt like for the circle I was in at the time when I was in ministry, that 
if I went that way, people would think I was leaving ministry to go follow some ambitious dream, you mm -hmm. know, but I understood that that was a dream that was birthed in me from the spirit, just like ministry. So yeah. it's not one or the other, you know, it's both equally. Mm -hmm. And most so people can. will think you can't do both equally. You have to do one or the other, you know, mm -hmm. but as again, I said, God knows who I am and mm -hmm. what he created me to be. And so a lot of people can't, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I can't. So I, I can't be stuck in somebody else's definition and somebody else's reality. You know, I have to live what the spirit put in me. And so it wasn't like, you know, I discovered this. It was already there. Mm -hmm. And so I get this chance now um, to really walk in it and live in it and become what, you know, God wants me to be. I believe this is what God wants me to be. Just like yeah. I believe God wanted me to be a pastor. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. it, it's not really anything different. Mm hmm. And that's so good that God is the dream giver. And there's a book, right. I think it was Bruce Wilkerson that wrote that. But yes. God gives us dreams. And so a lot of times we think, oh, that's just an idea I have, or that's just something I think I want to do. Or it's just right. something, you know, I'm good at, or the itches you said was there. But God gives us those itches. He gives us those desires. And when he right. gives us things, he expects to see a return on it. He wants us to do something with it. So the longer we sit on it thinking, oh, that's just me, or I don't have the money to go back to school, or I'm too old for this, or right. I don't have the resources, that's the more time that you're wasting the precious days that God has given you to live in your dreams and to fulfill these gifts that he's given us. And he's looking for a return. Exactly. So we have to be faithful to the calling that he's put on our lives, regardless of who says what, or regardless of the fear that tries to, you know, rear its head. Um, right. So, yep, onward to medical school, um, going after the desire that God has given you. It's both and, not, you know, yes. either or. Exactly. And so ministry is still very much a part of that. There's so much ministry that can come out of, of being a physician. Um, exactly. And so what advice would you have for our listeners um, in terms of getting unstuck and, and doing all that God has put in your heart to do? I think, you know, first and foremost, that people have to discover and connect with their purpose. And when I, I say discover and connect, I mean, you have to seek after it. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you're on this earth for, you'll just wander aimlessly. Yeah. And so you, you have to seek your purpose and then you have to develop um, a sense of discernment to hear from God because there's going to be all these voices around you. And even though I had been in ministry and I had this relationship with God, it didn't make me immune to the voices mm -hmm. of the people that were around me. And, and those things can attack you and they can distract you. Yeah. And so, you know, you hear all this advice and you got to know that, you know, when people are giving you advice and they're, they're trying to warn you, they have, you know, in their minds and their hearts, they think they have your best interest at heart, mm -hmm. you know, and they're saying, you know, you know, you, you have a family, you're old, you know, <laughs> this is going to cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people go into it and they drop out and they have to pay back these loans. And, mm -hmm. and, and some of that for some people can be good advice, but you have to have enough discernment to hear the voice of God. Mm -hmm. and take the path that he wants you to take. And yeah. so, you know, even those listeners who are out there right now listening to my story, my testimony, 
you know, you can't listen to what I did and say, yeah, I'm going to go do that mm-hmm. because you are an individual. You have to hear that voice of God for yourself. And, that, you know, I think also in terms of advice, you know, you owe it to yourself and everyone around you to at least try. Yeah. You know, to ask for help to get yourself unstuck in any way you can you can so if you're the one in that pit you know and you're in the quicksand you can't be ashamed to say hey I'm the one that got myself stuck here mm-hmm. you know I need somebody to throw a rope throw me a rope throw me a ladder you know I need help you yeah. can't be ashamed you you owe it to yourself to at least try yeah at least try yeah take that first step And I mean, we can look back over these last several years and think about all the first steps that we took and God was there every step of the way. We didn't have it all planned out or didn't know how everything was going to come together with these different, you know, seasons of our lives. But God has been faithful. Like he's done it every time. And so that's one thing I know. If you are obedient to the Lord, you do what he told you to do. He's got your back. He's not going to leave you hanging. Um, Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It may look differently than what you thought. I mean, you probably didn't see yourself going to medical school at 49. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But hey, you know, we get stuck on the way that we think it has to unfold, but it doesn't have to happen that way. God has many different ways that things can happen. So the thing is just to take the step and to not give up. So any um, final pieces of advice that you have? Um, for anyone that's listening that may find themselves um, just needing a little encouragement to get unstuck today? Well, a few things, you know, um, I think the, the, the first thing is that you have to start somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. um, you have to put forth the initial effort because we are very good at disguising our stuck. Yeah. And people will pass you by in life, not knowing that you are stuck. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make that first step um, and, and take an action step, something that you know that that you can do on the level that you are. You know, you don't have to do something as drastic as I did and just quit all your jobs and quit everything. Mm-hmm. And I do not even advise that. You know, that's just mm-hmm. a part of my story. But, you know, you do have to start somewhere. You know, you have you have to try. And um, I would also say, you know, find yourself a support system. Of course, I, I have you. And for those of you who are listening, um, my, my wife is like the consummate encourager. You know, she she never really says, no, you can't do that. It's always how. How are we going to do this? There were things that I thought and it was just a suggestion. And then mm-hmm. she made it happen. So mm-hmm. you need people around you who can say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, put in some sweat equity yeah. with you to help you. Um, but even if you don't have that, you know, the, the earnest is upon you to, to get yourself where you need to be. Um, and then the, the last and final thing I would say is, is, um, get a coach. Yeah. Find someone who has done what you're trying to do, who maybe not the exact same situation, but you know, you've seen someone who was, was stuck and they, they got unstuck and now they're living the life they want to live. And pick that person's brain if you can. It, it's not always going to be free. Sometimes you have to pay for it, mm-hmm. but you're, you're going to, you're going to lose more money in your stuck position yeah. than you would getting unstuck. 
Yeah. And so that's very important. You know, um, you can stay at home and, and work out and get some results. But if you get yourself a trainer, yep. you're going to get better results. Right. So those are just some things. Yeah. Yeah. You are worth it. So make sure you invest in yourself. For <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, well, I know you have several social channels, um, lots of um, good information that you've put out there, good content, and your story is so inspirational. We've kind of just covered a piece of it, but I know um, there's some other ways people can connect with you. Do you want to share some of those and uh, people can look you up? Sure. So um, I have a YouTube channel and um, that channel is Antonio underscore Patterson underscore pre-med. And so I'm, I'm going to have to change that now because I'm not pre-med anymore. <laughs> Uh, but I, I have that same handle on Instagram. And so um, I have um, a lot of informational videos out on YouTube um, about some things that I have done and some things that people can do, especially if they're pursuing um, a, a career change. It may not be going into medicine, but if you're pursuing a career change, you can watch some of those videos or you can um, hit me up on Instagram and uh, we can connect. I'm also on Facebook, Antonio Patterson. Uh, you can find me there or you can email me at Antonio hyphen Patterson at hotmail.com. I think I'm the only person in the universe still with a hotmail <laughs> email address, but you can find me there. And then uh, just a little shameless plug here at the end. We have a website called moveyouforward.com. That's the word move, the letter U, number four. W-A-R-D.com moving moveyouforward.com. And so um you know, there's coaching available. Um, you can call us, get in touch with us and, um, you know, reach out and we can see how we can all move forward together. Yeah. Helping people get unstuck. Yep. I love it. Um, so as he mentioned, he is on YouTube, Antonio underscore Patterson underscore pre-med. Some great um, inspirational videos out there sharing um, parts of his journey. Also on Instagram, Antonio underscore Patterson underscore pre-med, that same handle. And then he's on Facebook, Antonio Patterson. And then you can email him at Antonio hyphen Patterson at hotmail.com. And again, um, our website is moveyouforward.com. So thank you all so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Thank you so much, Tony, for sharing your story, um, your stuck story, and just excited to kind of get to ride this journey with you. Um, it's been great these last 20, I think, two years, <laughs> if my math is yeah. right. And, um, and Yeah. And so to see um, where things go. But just want to encourage our listeners, as you said, to invest in yourself, connect with your purpose. So you're not wandering aimlessly through life. Develop that discernment so you can really hear what your path is supposed to look like. You're not following someone else's path. Avoid the distractions and traps that try to come, but start somewhere. You got to do something. You have to take that step. Find you some cheerleaders, a good support network. But if you don't have them, ultimately it relies on you. And then get a coach and a mentor to help you along on this journey because you will definitely need that. Um, but you can certainly do it just as um, Tony's gotten unstuck. You can get unstuck. And so we're here with you. We're rooting you on. So thanks for listening in today to today's Beyond Stuck podcast. And we look forward to connecting with you next time.